How's it going, everybody? It's uh, not even Turkey Day yet, but happy early Thanksgiving for those of you tuning in. Uh, and by the way, is it weird that um, we're already seeing a bunch of Christmas decorations all around towns? Uh, we'll talk about that and, and uh, a lot more on this episode. Oh, we'll talk soccer, too. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Soccer Club, its fans and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black SoccerCast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black SoccerCast presented by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. We are the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I am here with you to take you through this journey talking about Orange County Soccer Club. Been here almost every episode, except for that one time that Dylan had to uh, control or man the controls, and I think it went okay, possibly. Who knows? Let's bring that man in. Dylan from Counterline Coalition. How you doing, man? You know, I have to say we give you a lot of stick about not being there for that one episode, but it was probably an awful episode. Um, I remember hating it. Uh, and needing a lot of Alan's help, so you know it's a good thing you're you're just here most of the time. I'm good, by the way. I think you asked that. I don't, you know, I'm good. So is that your way of like giving thanks for me being here to sort of man the controls ninety nine percent of the time? I am I am thankful for you, Ray. As you should be, as you should be, Dylan. Um, and the person that's just hanging out, listen to this. Very uncomfortable banter, maybe. I don't know. Um, he's down in San Diego. Just got a tour of a, of, of a new offices down there for the local San Diego team. But he's here to talk Orange County Soccer Club stuff, if that's the best way to say it. That's uh, Alan in San Diego. Alan, how you doing, man? Best intro ever. Best intro ever. Um, no, you know it's bad when, if you're relying on me to help carry a podcast, you know that's a bad thing, so... Uh, I agree with Dylan. It was a it was one of those like throwaway episodes on TV where it's like monster of the week or whatever, where it's like no plot ever gets developed. N- the TV show doesn't go anywhere. It just kind of spins for a se- for a for an episode while they're like, we have 12 and we need 13. That was that episode. So I encourage you to go back and listen to it. So basically, it's like one of those uh, episodes that you see of pretty much any sitcom that lasts more than a uh, a few seasons, where they have the the flashback episode. Um, mm-hmm. There's no mm-hmm. point in watching, especially when especially when you're binge watching the series. You get to that episode, you're like, "Why am I going to torture myself for 22 minutes watching this stuff that I just saw two hours ago?" Yeah. Yes, that is correct. Uh, that is a a very good uh, analogy of what that episode is. It's the or it's the track on your favorite album that you just are like, ah, eh, this is the one. This is the one that you next. 
I love it because we're coming close to the end of the calendar year. We have one more live episode to go. And more than likely, we will throw out one or two of those like best of 2020 episodes. And it'll be just what we're talking about here, where it's uh, just a mishmash of a bunch of stuff that people already listen to. Uh, the the cool thing with our podcast, though, is most people listen to it roughly within the week after it releases. So a lot of the, I, I, I I'm sorry if anyone has gone and binge watched our podcast like in the span of like a week, listen to every single episode because a congrats to you because that's amazing that you were able to to do that. And B, I, I you know, there's probably no one that does that unless unless you're a, a Dylan fan, uh, Dylan fan person, fan boy, fan girl. You love Dylan and you just want to hear his voice. And now that you can watch it, maybe you go and watch the, the videos. No one does that. I don't, unlike Alan, I don't have my mom to like care and, and bump up the views every week. So it, no one's doing that. <laughs> props to, props to, props to Alan's mom though, because she was one of, uh, uh one of the hardcore listeners and uh, followers on social media when, uh, Alan first joined, joined our show. So we loved that. Um, I remember saying someone with your same last name, Alan, is is loving what we're saying. And Alan's like, oh, that's my mom. She's a big supporter. Good, mom. Great, great mom. What a great mom. She's all right. So. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so we're here to wrap up the grading uh, of the players for 2020. We've gotten through a, a little over half the roster. We just have a little bit more to go. Dylan's more in control of what's been going on with this. So I'm going to trust that. He knows what's going on and how many players we have left. I haven't even uploaded the information onto my screen. So I'm going to hand it off to Dylan to get things started with the final player grades for 2020. That's cool. Yeah, uh, we've got 11. No, excuse me, 10 players left. We finished off last week with Mr. Finlayson. Um, so now we're going to talk about Darwin Jones, who's listed in our intro, scoring a goal against... Austin Bold back in 2019. Was that the delicious chip and then the bowl afterwards? We're mixing things up. We're scoring goals. Um, he made 13 appearances this year. However, unlike the beginning of last season, he did not have six goals in that time span. So not as good of a year as we expected. Probably not nearly as good of a year as he would have expected as well. Alan, your thoughts and your grade for Mr. DJ. Yeah, I was super interested to see where he would get set up um, in this new Orange County setup without Michael Seaton uh, up top um, with some of the new signings. And I was hoping that it would take some of the scoring pressure off of him um, and essentially make him. Um, but. I thought he had kind of a, a slightly above average season. I gave him a B minus. Uh, there was definitely some moments where we saw Darwin Jones the way that Darwin Jones is. Um, but I don't think it was quite um, as productive as maybe we hope or even he hoped. I think that's, that's pretty fair. Um, it was not a very productive year, but he did offer us a lot when he was fit and ready, um, he offered us much like Kevin Coleman did a lot out wide, which was kind of lacking unless, you know, you had a Chandler Hoffman who was playing on the wing or those aforementioned people. Um, I say I gave him a B. 
it's it's hard when you're playing you know he's he's maybe a little bit more of an injury prone player just because he relies so heavily on his pace to get around players um if you go back and watch somehow i don't think opposing coaches have figured this one out yet but everything he'll cut in on the right side he'll get into the opposing box he'll get onto his right foot he'll go around the fullback or whoever's marking him in the situation until he's right up on the end line, and then he'll whip in a low cross. This is the same thing like every time, and it works every time. Don't know why. Uh, no one's figured out how to stop that. It doesn't make any sense to me. But give him a B, uh, despite the the lack of it, because you could see that that ability was there, um, and and that skill was there, and he he created a lot for us, even if we didn't put those away. Which I mean, you're probably gonna hear like five more times in this episode. You've heard it in the last five episodes as well. We we created a lot of chances, and we just didn't score them. See, Ray is the host of this podcast, and I said I was thankful for him, but he also just started talking while he was muted. So, <sighs> well, I was I was waiting for you to like mention me or something. You're controlling this grading. Um, you're you're the the moderator for the grading situation here. Um, Sure. Gross. So I, I think I was one of the nicer graders last week and, and I'm going to start things off. Not so nice, at least compared to the two of you. Um, I'm a little bit closer to Alan, definitely not as close to Dylan when it comes to my grade here. Uh, I, I was a little disappointed with DJ and I know it wasn't 100% his fault, but uh, based on what we had seen in the year and a half prior to this season um, and the output from him and the production uh, on the pitch in, in terms of goals um, and activity and, uh, you know, just being a menace out there uh, uh, for the opposing teams. Uh, I expected probably his best season coming to this. Now, yeah, we've talked about it numerous times. It was not your typical season, but I'm not going easy on players or the team or coaching staff because of circumstances. Um, so I had to go with a C plus for DJ just because I, w- I was just underwhelmed with the performance and the output from him. And, you know, I felt this was his year to really just sort of prove his dominance in the USL and potentially showcase one last time what he can bring potentially to the MLS, but um, it didn't quite go that way for him. So uh, again, I went C plus and and I want to mention for anyone that is watching our live stream, if you want to share your uh, thoughts on the grades as we go through these players, feel free to uh, comment either on Facebook, YouTube, or Periscope. And um, if we see your comment, we will definitely share your thoughts with everyone listening. Dylan, back to you. All right. Well, moving on. Um, also, 13 games played. Much different position. Seth Kasipli. Uh If you remember the first two matches following the restart, Seth played as a left wide midfielder. This is a position he'd never played before. He was in Reno. He played in the middle of the park. He was very, very good there. And I don't know. He's asked to play wide by the coaching staff, and he did so. I can already see we differ greatly on our valuation of this player. So, Alan, why didn't you start us off? Um, I, I think maybe mine is a little bit more uh, based on what Orange County needed from Seth Kasipli, uh versus w- kind of his play on the pitch. I thought that he was going to play a much more important role for the team. Uh, and I thought he was going to be much more successful at that role for the team. 
Um, and based on kind of what I thought, who I thought he was as a player um, and what I thought he can bring to the team, I don't think that he was necessarily that great. Um, his last game was the last game, the one where he got like he came on and then was sent off like 20 minutes later, two yellows. Um, and maybe that kind of clouds my perspective a little bit, but I gave him a C. I thought he was average. I would like to have seen a better performance uh, or better season from Seth Gasibli. Ray, do you want to give us your thoughts on Mr. Gasibli? Ooh, we're going a little bit out of order here. You're, you're, I wasn't prepared for this. Um, you know, I, I, I sort of got uh, agree with Alan on his thoughts on this, that he didn't quite give us what we needed uh, on the pitch. I think also part of my judgment on Seth Sipoli, and it's not his fault. Uh, I apologize if I'm going too hard on my grade for him, but it's based off of what I was hearing from our friends uh, at 1868 Weekly on the quality of player that he was and what he can bring to a team. And what I was, I guess coming into the season, expecting to see out of Seth, Seth Kasipley and not quite getting what uh, I thought we were getting or buying or purchasing or whatever analogy we want to put in there. It's like where you open up that, uh, that package and it's like the, the, the box shows you this really big, gigantic, muscular, super strong action figure. And then you open it up and it's this little tiny, you know, two inch tall action figure that they ended up, I guess, taking a, a very close up picture of, uh, you know, I, I, again, it wasn't quite what we needed, uh, what he gave us this season. And I know he dealt with some injuries, uh, through the season and, you know, it's tough when you're switching teams, uh, and coming into a new environment with some already established players on a team that can be very difficult, but I agreed with Alan on his grade and I went with a C for Seth Kasipoli. All right, you two are both massive haters. And I know all the Reno people are probably back at me here, but seriously, a C for this guy? He pl- and let me look. he played in a number of positions this year. He played as a central midfielder, he played as a winger on the left, he played as a right midfielder, a left midfielder, a defensive midfielder. We just put him wherever and he worked so hard. And he told us at the beginning of the year, and I remember on, on an episode of this podcast, what you can expect from me is my work rate. And we saw it against El Paso to start the year where he narrowly, narrowly missed uh, getting a winner. And we saw every other game that year where he would run as hard as he could for as long as he could. And you saw him make it, I think, four or five matches in total that he'd actually played the full 90 because that was just the player he is run for 70 minutes as hard as you can. I have a lot of respect for that. Our team needed someone like that um, because when you're creating a lot of chances, there's a lot of space and a lot of gaps that are created because of that. And Seth helped clear a lot of those. Um, So he gets an A in my book, even if he did only appear in nine minutes of the last match after coming on in the 68th and being sent off in the 76th. I mean, last season he was 31 games, five goals, seven assists. This season he was 13 games, zero goals, one assist. But we didn't, we didn't score at all, and I don't know why we're still looking at me as I'm having a discourse with Alan. But um, <laughs> like, no, I, I just mean I, I understand where you come from, and I do think he played an important role earlier, early on in the season. But I think when you needed him to step up and put together a couple good games, 
he just wasn't up to the task later in the season. And I know maybe that's coming off of injury um, and maybe you can give him a pass, but according to like, I think if Seth Kasipli wasn't Seth Kasipli last year, I think my grade would be different, but I think the ex- my expectation from him was a little bit more uh, offensive oriented uh, than maybe like the Aiden Quinn, you know, more of a defensive midfielder. Uh, and maybe that's me and maybe that's on me. Um, I, hope that he can regain his form but um yeah yeah it's two against one dylan i, I, I agree know. with alan exactly what he said there um and again it's again it's based off of what you were expecting out of seth Kasipli coming into the season alan brought the stats up from last season up in reno again i you know maybe he wasn't the right fit for this club maybe they just coach uh brayden clude couldn't find the right way to get him onto the the pitch and find make uh make him successful uh, or help him be successful out there. Maybe it's just, you know, with Aiden Quinn in the midfield, it's hard to come in and be a, a pretty successful midfielder as well. Um, and, and the fact that he was out of position, but when when you put up some decent stats like you did last season in Reno, and then you come down here and it's almost, almost laid a goose egg here in Orange County, um, it's, it's difficult to go anything more than, you know, a C, C plus maybe at the most, but... I had to go with a C because he, if, you know, to me, you look at him and his performance out there for the season for the club. It was it was average, which is basically the definition of a C. Nothing against the man; he was an awesome guest. I mean, wow. and, oh, and he's wow. an awesome guy. But but wow. uh, it just it was it was a difficult season for him, and I, I I would almost guarantee that he would be able to admit that it wasn't it was a difficult season for him. It wasn't his best season. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I'm sure he'd agree. Just looking at those stats, but wow. Wow, 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 wow. All right, moving on. Frederick Du. And if you are a USL broadcaster, that is how you pronounce Dewey. his last name. It's Dewey. just Du. And I'm pretty sure he's coming back. He's he's in Denmark at the moment, but I'm pretty sure he's coming back. Uh, 11 matches played for Freddie this year. Uh, I, would argue, I would argue that Frederick Du is one of i mean maybe not the best player on the team over the course of the season but i would put them put him up in the top three like if you're doing like a finalist for team mvp um there were games where he was standing on his head keeping orange county in the match in order to um keep him in the game like the sandy the first san diego game like he kept orange county in the game to allow them to just end up i mean a two nil victory is on paper looks pretty impressive he had a huge impact. Um, maybe not the, the, he had a little bit of dip in form, I think at times. Uh, but I think you don't, Orange County doesn't even sniff uh, the ability to make the playoffs toward the end of the season. If Frederick do is not between uh, the pipes, if you will, uh, to borrow a hockey terminology um, t- between the woodwork. Um, I, I, I would definitely have him in like the top three of the players this season. I gave him an, an a, I think that is a very, very fair assessment. Um, he was he was the better keeper on a, for our team this year. And really, I was going to bring up that San Diego match. If you need a guy to just stand on his head and play everywhere across that back line while wearing a pair of gloves and a yellow shirt, then uh, Frederick Du is your guy. And um, he will scream expletives while doing so at anyone and anything that happens to be in front of him. And I love that. 
I love that. He's like an insane defensive midfielder. Um, but, you know, goalkeepers are insane because no one in their right mind would ever voluntarily want people to kick balls as hard as they can at you or trust you. So I gave him a B plus. I thought there was a little bit of a drop off from last year, but, um, you know, still very solid and, and very, very important to our team. Ray, your thoughts on Mr. Do. Uh, so let, let me start off with this. If, if Orange County scores at least at the level that you expect them to score coming into the season, or, you know, basically saying if they score more goals than they did and which they really should have, you're, you're looking at Frederick do as as, you know, probably talking about him having a really great season because he was good between the woodwork. He was solid uh, at stopping goals. And if you score more goals than you do, I mean, a lot of these, these matches Orange County should have won if they would have just scored a, a goal or two. Um, and, you know, that's a lot of pressure on a goalkeeper when your team is struggling to put goals into the net because now your goal, goalkeeper is working that much harder to try and keep goals out knowing that your team can't do it. So, um, Taking that extra pressure, I know, Dylan, you said maybe a slight drop-off from last season, but I think maybe sometimes you can look at that pressure from the lack of goals from the team, um, put more pressure on Frederick Dew, and caused him maybe to not have as great of a season as he did last season. Uh, and I agree with Alan. He was probably one of the best, if not the best, players on this team. Um, you can probably talk about someone like a, that we're going to talk about in the near future here, Rob Kiernan, as being one of those players as well um, that really shined for this team. Um, so I had to to give him not quite Allen's grade, but I went with an A minus uh, for Frederick Dew. Surprising him a B plus plus A minus minus weird grade that you've just you know. I have no idea what you're talking about. On, no, on. no idea what you're talking about. All right, moving on. Kevin Alston um, made 13 appearances this year. Played in um, yeah, kind of lost his starting role at the beginning. I imagine to injury to Daniel Finlayson, um, but worked as way back into the lineup and and really you know i think most fullbacks kind of go unnoticed if they do their jobs properly and now alan's going to disagree because he's a liverpool fan and you know if you play that way that's exact you know you need them but in the sense that orange county was set up if you didn't realize he was doing anything on the pitch probably means that the game was going pretty well uh that too much wasn't asked of him. So, Alan, keep that in mind and give us your grade for Kevin Alston. Um, I, I thought he started out the season really well. Um, he's always a guy that you hope is on the pitch because he he just seems to uh, play really smart, play really intelligently. Um, is clearly someone pe- can people look can look up to. Um, I was kind of waffling back and forth between a C and a B minus. Um, but I ended up giving him a B minus just because of that COVID beard that he had was pretty epic. I think that's kind of what saved. And that was like that extra credit assignment that he did to turn it into bump up. Um, he's definitely someone that Orange County needs to be successful. But I think when you have, you know, Nathan Smith, Danny Finlayson, um, it, it's hard to bump those guys out when they're playing well. Um, and for Kevin to get back in, I think speaks highly of his ability and his playing ability, uh, to bump one of those guys out. Um, so I gave him a B minus. It's a, it's a fair assessment. Um, he is one of those older players on our side. Um, and one of the leaders of the team, of course, he was named club captain in 2019 before Michael Roscoe arrived. 
Um, you know, he's getting older every year. So sometimes you have to wonder if he can keep up and he showed, yeah, he can. And he'll put his body on the line and he'll miss a couple games because of injury every year because that's the kind of player he is. Um, you can tell when he is in, he is in and Ray is typing something. So I'll just give you my grade in the meantime. I give him a B minus. That beard was just incredible. Incredible. That was noticeable. His play, not so much. And honestly, like I said, he's a fullback. It's very good news. Ray, your thoughts now that you're done typing. Well, maybe I was still typing. I was just muted and you couldn't tell. Um, let me start off by saying this. I know in some of the earlier grades, I went a little bit easier. I goofed off a little bit, had a little bit of fun with stuff. But when we're getting to the more serious players, the ones that played pivotal roles on this team, uh, I'm going to avoid getting into some of that. And um, I probably agree with you guys, but I'm not giving the bump up for a spectacular beard or spectacular COVID beard to go to a B minus instead of the grade I'm giving. Um, you know, and again, this is based on expectations on what we've seen in the past from him, uh, what I was expecting coming into the season and maybe just being a little disappointed with the performance on the pitch, uh, with Kevin Alston. Yes, he is a, uh, a fullback, but he hasn't really gone, gone unnoticed in the past seasons. He's been with the club. It's he's one of those players, even with the position he plays, you still notice him out there. You still see what he's doing out there. Um, that's why he's been one of the fan favorites on this team since he's joined the club. Uh, and unfortunately this season, it wasn't just, you didn't see that as much. And again, situation. Um, I know there was a few times where he was playing a little bit out of position, being asked to go a little bit further up the pitch than maybe he's comfortable doing. Um, but I, I'm giving the grade based on what I saw on the pitch. So yes, I, 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 again, I'm probably agreeing with both of you, but I'm not giving him that bump up for the awesome beard. So I'm going a C plus. It's a lot of disrespect to that beard, but all right, fine. Try I, and I love one. Kevin Alston as a player. He's he's been an awesome uh, awesome player with this club. He's one of my favorites on the team. I just I, again and I I, I get it. I I I've, I've probably been the most unforgiving based on the circumstances out of the three of us. So I apologize if anyone disagrees with me on that. But this is just you know I'm not giving I might give that much of a leeway a a, sh a small 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 bit of leeway for the season we had, but. Even with that, everyone went through this season. I expected more out of this team, and there's been a there was a lot of disappointments out there, and there or a lot of not living up to expectations. So that's why my grades are what they are, and my thoughts are what they've been. Thanks. If you look to the other side of the pitch, Nathan Smith kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, we know where he came from. He came from T two, and I don't know if any of us expected him to be as good as he was. Um, he loves to talk trash. He loves to wind his opponents up. And uh, he's two-footed, so we saw him play on both sides, um, though just one time as a right back and Kevin Olsen as a left back against Vegas when we won 1-0. It's kind of weird, but it was kind of cool at the same time. 14 matches played for him. Alan, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I would lie if I said, oh, I you know totally had him pegged for a breakout season. Like... I think Nathan Smith is probably the surprise player of the season this year. Um, you look at some of his stats last year with T2 and like interceptions. He had 32 last year. He had 25 this season, like with half of the games. I think 
he was a pleasant surprise. I think he is someone that the league has taken notice of. Um, I've seen his name be floated out there from other teams who like to take players from other teams to play for their team because they're always looking for upgrades. Uh, and Nathan Smith's name was out there uh, and well-deserved. Um, I thought he was uh, a pretty consistent performer. Um, maybe not um, as consistent as he was like to be, but the very beginning of the season, for the first half of the season, he was great. Um, a little dip in form, found it at the end. I gave him a B. Or sorry. I gave him a B, but I can definitely agree with that uh, with uh, Dylan's grade um, foreshadowing. Uh, I thought he was a very a surprise guy and and very happy that he had kind of a breakout season this year. Yeah, um, I I know I just said that you know if a fullback goes unnoticed in the system that we play, then it's great. Um, but I think Nathan Smith, being a new face, and really just coming out of nowhere putting Solomon Asante in his pocket, winding up Solomon Asante, um, and just being completely fearless and going after anything and everything. Anytime he was asked, I gave him an A minus, um, you know, a couple of mistakes throughout the year, occasionally just picking up a card that wasn't necessary and ending up on some thin ice and, and kind of having to really hold himself back for however many minutes were left in that match. But, Wow, what a player. I hope he comes back. Um, no disrespect to uh to Contour, but a big a big step up. Um and a, a guy that you could rely on defensively. Um not so much going forward, but you know, as we'll address it in the last couple of players, we really needed that solid defensive um uh wow, I can't think of the word I was gonna say. Any any thoughts about what word I was gonna say, either of you? presence i remembered ray's muted so he'll unmute himself and we'll get his grade for nathan smith i keep muting myself because every time uh you guys are talking i'm typing up to look up some information or, or whatnot uh and apparently you hear that very loudly while i'm doing it so i'm trying to mute it so that way you know you don't hear it and then i forget because i'm not used to do that um who are we talking about uh, nathan smith right um a uh, couple things that I'll, I'll i'll say about him before the grade a probably the best sort of introduction to orange County fans that you can get. If you, if you take away the El Paso match, cause that was like the true introduction of the season, but the, the matches against Phoenix, uh, the, the hated rivals really for orange County uh, to start the return to play and, and his solid, if not spectacular defense against one of the best players in the USL uh, in Solomon Asante, uh, really cemented his his grade as being having to be at least in the the above average to to good uh scenario there uh very solid in defense um one of those players that you know coming into the season you don't really know who he is so you don't know what to expect and as you watch him through the season you were a lot you know every fan probably got a lot more comfortable you know knowing if if the team's going down their the right side flank uh, on offense, that's Nathan Smith's going to be right there to stop them on defense on the left side. Uh, did a, a, a spectacular job, way above expectations that I had uh, for him coming into the season. And, and I agree with you, Dylan. I hope he's back for more. Um, so I went with a B plus for him, but potentially this is where Dylan's going to get mad at me because it, it, it's one of those like in between a B plus, A minus grades for me. So 
um, B plus slash A minus or a B plus no, plus you, or minus minus? Oh, you were so close, Ray. <laughs> Alan, um, can you give a can you give a student a B plus and an A minus? Uh, no, sir. I believe that you get beat up for that. Hey, you know, weird. I'll have to ask um, someone from the teachers union. Um, Alan's hey, Alan, just, can you beat Alan's up just teachers stepping in line. if they give Alan's made up stepping grades? In line. Alan's just stepping in line and doing what teachers have been doing for hundreds, if not thousands of years in their Careful, grading. Ray. And instead Careful. of Careful. being, you know, an outside of the box thinker, which is probably what we teach our kids is to think outside of the box sometimes. So think outside of the box in your grades. An A. We just did. We gave a guy a slightly higher grade because he has a freaking sweet beard. How is that not thinking outside of the box? That is as. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. He doesn't even play in the box. That doesn't count. That does not count. I I am right on this, and that's speaking of guys that play in the box and uh, got away with some things in the box this year. Sorry, Alan. <laughs> Mr. Rob Kiernan made his way here from the south of England, um, playing at South and United under Sol Campbell. Ditched them. That sounds rude. He has to leave, and they granted it. They had some money problems. I don't think he was on that big of a wage, but he was ready for a new challenge. We were unsure of what we were going to get. Lots of Rangers fans said, you know, if he feels like it, he'll be one of the better players on the pitch. And if he doesn't, well, then probably something like 2019 Harry Forrester. And instead, um, it's very clear that Rob wants to be here. And wow, 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 wow. Alan, your thoughts. Rob Kiernan, please. Um, I I was going to give Robert Kiernan a, uh, a B because I thought he had a, a relatively average, I shouldn't say relatively average, above average season. But then I forgot the name we're going to talk about last year and his partner and how he got left out to dry a lot. And I think he was forced to make up um, for some of his uh, teammates, boneheaded, aggressive tackling um, that made him have to sprint back and track back. Uh, And then also off the pitch um, or on the pitch, with some of the youngsters i think he was very vocal in training them up and getting them ready and i think he played a huge part in the development of some of the younger players in the team uh so because of that thinking outside the box uh i gave him an a minus i thought he was he was a really solid uh player um and i think as far as as defensive oriented as orange county seemed to be um a lot of it fell on the shoulders of Rob Kiernan and some of those things don't show up on a stat line. All right. Um, I'm just going to say here, being able to ping a ball is cool. Everyone at this level should be able to ping a ball and Rob can ping a ball really well. Um, and it's fun to watch him do it and it's beautiful. And it got us a handful of points this year, but he was so solid defensively, and he really took on this leadership role. Um, you know, he said he came here for a new challenge, and he wanted to kind of um, teach younger players. Um, he started a coaching thing or hopped on with Harry Forster's coaching thing. But even his teammates, it's clear he works really hard. Um, he played through a broken rib, I believe, for a few weeks during the middle of the year. And then 
you know, the matches that he didn't play, you saw him dressed out and, and on the technical bench. So great player, um, great attitude, great worth, work ethic, great results. Um, 15 matches played, one handball uh, maybe gotten away with, but I gave him an A. What a, what a debut year. If you can build on that, we're going to be in a very, very good spot moving forward. Ray, your thoughts? First thought, if the ref doesn't call it, it didn't happen. Um, simple and sweet there. Uh, Rob Kiernan, probably the most steady player for this team um, <laughs> during the Look season. What you did. For those of you not watching live stream, Alan just you know turned off his camera after I made that comment because you know he's a, a a hurt San Diego fan based off of what happened with Rob Kiernan. Um, bonus for Rob Kiernan talking trash. I mean he doesn't he doesn't mind he doesn't you know try to hide it. I mean he was trying to rile up the San Diego players in that uh, situation uh, that Alan was so hurt over uh, when I'm talking about the handball didn't happen because Ruff didn't call it uh, and. Uh, let me say this, right? I think he was our first ever interview from like inside a car and it looked like a pretty nice car as well. Like when he was doing the interviews. So, um, props for that. Uh, I'm not going to bump his grade up for that, but I'm just saying props for that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, I didn't know what to expect out of him because of the mixed comments we got from people that hadn't seen him play in Europe, uh, in the past. Uh, and I was definitely excited that we got the Rob Kiernan that we got the one that is really wanting to take on that leadership role and de- and help develop players and help be the person on the on the pitch that's gonna um try and lead this team to victory unfortunately it didn't quite get there and I think one of I can't remember who mentioned it but you know he he I think it was Alan because he was gonna he said he was gonna give a lower grade but then he realized he got left out to dry quite a few times on the season so the fact that he had the season he did with that happening, um, bumped up the grade, but uh, I'm going to give him an A for this one, which I believe this is this is our first player that got a f- you know all A's across the board, which is pretty cool. If I had sound effects, I'd bust out the the you know applause sound effects. Woo! It, so we can't hear it, so it doesn't matter. Oh wait, that was more of a ghost than a woo. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't great, but. I, yeah, I thought we were gonna have the moo from that the, the cow moo. Oh, I really. No, that's breaking that news. Right. Oh, that, that is, is breaking, news. breaking news. All right, um, we differ greatly on this one. Fifteen matches played for Mister Brian Olowski, who came from Los Dos and scored his first professional goal against us. And um, Alan, your thoughts? Um, I, I this I think Brian Olowski was the hardest one for me to grade uh, because. What are you looking for out of Brian Olosky? Are You're not looking for goal scoring. You're looking for assists. You're looking for uh, chances created. You're looking for key passes. Um, and I had like my mind made up that he didn't have as good of a season as I think he think or I think he did. Um, 39 key passes in 15 games is is pretty substantial, uh, seeing as he only he had 46 the previous year uh, in 13. So I think that's kind of what you're looking for, for him. Um, I understand why it's a slight disappointment because uh, maybe you're lo- asking for more. 
but I thought that he had really nice moments um, of brilliance uh, and maybe not like that goal scoringness, but um, setting folks up, getting people in key positions. Uh, so I gave him a, a B plus. I can respect it. Actually, is a B plus plus, but that's not a real grade. So I respect you for not saying that. You're welcome. I didn't expect him to score a lot just based on his history as a player with Los Dos. However, we created a ton of chances. I talked with um, Richard Chaplow about this. We talked to like every player and they said, oh, we create tons of chances. We've talked amongst ourselves about we create chances. We're passing when we should be shooting. We're shooting when we should be passing. And I think Brian Olosky embodied that more than anyone else on the side. Um, he would not take a touch with his right foot if he was in the box. Even if it was four yards out like it was in Sacramento and you really just have to make contact with it, with some part of your body that is not your hand. And it just, he wanted to get it onto his left. He was more comfortable. And we ended up uh, drawing or losing. I don't even remember. Just, I remember being very frustrated by that. Um, He did a lot of pressing work, but ultimately he's a forward. And he needed to score goals, especially in a system that created so many chances. Now, I understand he created a lot of chances himself. But if we expect Aiden Quinn, who plays much, much deeper, to score more goals in a season, then we should expect Brian Nowoski, who plays much further up on the pitch and also creates chances to score more goals, just based on the positions he finds himself in. So I gave him a C. Um, you know, he worked hard and he created a lot for us, but just really didn't have that finishing touch that we really so desperately needed and never found it. So I don't think it was a confidence issue. He never had it gone. Apparently fought mob lists him as left mid, but I mean, we played like a four, four, one, one, uh, or, you know, if you count it as a four, four, two, we talked last year about needing someone to create chances. And we got Thomasina Woldson. Obviously he wasn't here. And then we got Brian Olosky. And it just, that didn't solve our problem. We went the opposite direction this year. Uh, Ray, your thoughts? So with uh, the holidays coming up, let me just uh, share my thoughts this way, right? So Brian Olosky was this this toy you get that you don't really quite know what it is, but you get it, you open it up. It seems really cool at first. You know, it has, you know, the, the you know, kung fu kick action style stuff that you get out of it. Uh, you play with it for a few days. You think it's really awesome. And then uh, a, a week after you got it, it's like sitting in the corner of your room. You're not really playing with it much anymore. Uh, I think Brian Olosky, we didn't know what to expect out of him when he came to the club. He looked brilliant in in moments early on. You're like, oh, this guy's going to have a great season for us. He's, you know, this diamond in the rough that we found that we added to this team. He's going to, he's going to click and he's, it, he's, it's going to click. He's going to find it. He's going to score some goals. He's going to get some good assists. And then as the season dragged on and dragged on and dragged on, where's the goals? Where's the assist we're expecting out of this guy? Um, so I think a couple things on this grade, uh, not knowing what to expect, uh, you know, if, if he would have just came in playing sort of average, then that's where I would have been. Um, he, he looked really good to start, um, but he didn't quite get to where we thought he should be. I think based on what we saw early on, and maybe that's just, he, he, came in too hot and he set himself up for what can be considered subpar. Um, I don't want to say failure because he was really 
good in moments, but he just never found that that thing that clicked. So I, I went with a B minus for him. Um, probably could even have gone a C plus. So we can maybe look at that that combo grade, but I'll go with a B minus, a solid B minus, just so Dylan won't be upset and and cry himself to sleep tonight. Thank you, Ray. Um, it is worth noting Brian Wasky plays a very intense style um, and, and did a lot that was asked of him and played constantly. A bit like someone else uh, who found the back of the net seven times, led Orange County's goal-scoring efforts in 15 matches, had two assists to boot, Hugo Lacoli, 2016 USL Golden Boot winner, MVP? Don't remember. Um, highly touted. Supposed to be the replacement for Michael Seaton. Um Differing play styles, but a successful year for him. Alan, your thoughts? Yeah, this one's tough because I think you're grading it based on Michael Seaton and kind of that love for him. But I mean, looking back at it, you play 15 matches and you're responsible for nine, seven goals and two assists, essentially nine goals. Uh, you look back on kind of the scoring for the entire season last year for both Michael Seaton and Darwin Jones were both very similar. Like I, I would be hard pressed to give him an A, um, only because I think there was some times where he definitely let the team down as as far as you needed a goal from your goal scorer and it didn't happen. That could have changed the course of the season. Um, you know, the August zero zero draw against Loyal, you get, he gets a goal in that match, and all of a sudden, you know, the season feels much different. Um, I gave him a B. I, I could see an argument for an A minus, uh, just because he did put in seven goals in fifteen games. His first six matches scored three goals in the first six matches, uh, so there was definitely some good things there, but maybe not what you were expecting out of. Uh, uh, you, you might look at maybe getting nine, ten more, ten goals, couple more assists, but um, yeah, B. I'll give him a B plus. Okay, well, we agree on this one. Um, we fed him a ton of chances, and he converted a fair number of those. Um, and he did really well to make himself um, space in the box. That was a lot of the time something that we didn't really necessarily have. And if it was going to involve doing a Cruyff turn or, or like literally just using his size um, and his brain to know which direction to turn uh, and to feign to get himself a little bit of an opportunity to shoot, he was going to do it, and he did it. He did well. Um, like Alan said, it's really hard to grade this guy and grade him fairly after seeing, you know, what Michael Seaton did. Um, I think had he scored a couple more goals, and and had he really done the defensive dirty work that was occasionally needed, um, he gets a higher grade. But you know, it's the luck of the draw. It was a weird season. Ray? Yeah, um it, it's one of those things that's difficult. You're 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 trying to replace a very, 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 very big fan favorite player. Uh when you come in as uh Ugo Cole, you're replacing Michael Seaton. A lot of fans loved him. I know Dylan, you were a huge fan of Michael Seaton. Uh I was a huge fan of am. Michael Seaton. I don't still am. Okay, yeah, am. Yeah, I I I I agree with you. I am also. I don't know about Alan if he liked Michael Seaton or not. Um uh, but, you know, expecting, I think I was expecting a good replacement uh, for Michael Seen. I was maybe not expecting quite a Michael Seen, but I was expecting at least something um, similar out there. And I, I think I said it early on in the season. I don't know if I said it on here, but I know I said it to the two of you that 
his work rate is nowhere near what you get out of Michael Seaton uh, on the pitch. There was many times where I watched him where I'm like, please just go run after that. Um, and I would just see uh, Ugo Coley just jogging or, or, or a light sprint over to the ball. Whereas at least in my mind, and I could be completely wrong. This could be one of those instances where, you know, your memory is, is warped a little bit, but uh, I, I feel like more often than not, Michael Seaton was putting in a high offensive work rate, um, you know, up there chasing down balls, putting pressure on the defense. And I felt that was one thing that lacked from orange County this season. Um, you know, it's just not Ugo's game, right? It's not what he does. Um, but I, it was just sad to see or disappointing to see. So uh, I would have loved to give him an A based off of stats or an A minus based off stats, but I had to go with a B plus mainly again because it wasn't what I had become used to with Orange County um, and my expectations out of the the main f- scoring forward uh, or or striker or whatnot, you, whatever you want to call the position that he's playing out there on the pitch. Poacher, target man. Both of those, I think, are pretty. I'll take yeah, probably yeah. more target man. Yeah, because of you know the nature of how he plays. Um, this is the first time that we've agreed on. We've all said the exact same grade. And it happens again with Michael Orozco on the other side of the pitch. 15 matches played as well. Uh, he picked up 19 interceptions, 10 blocks, and 37 clearances. Um, and I think three times that he tried to do this thing where you like stick your um, non-plant foot behind your plant foot uh, and like kind of drop your knee a little bit to not get nutmegged. Um, while you're rushing at someone, while they like not get past you, uh, and then make your center back partner cover for you. Um, so that wasn't great. Um, but you know, Ray, give us your thoughts. You're going first this time. We're shaking it up. Ooh, I get first. I get to go first. Wow. Um, first the worst. Let me say this. Uh, you go ahead. <laughs> Dylan, Dylan, Dylan. Um, let me say this. Uh, Nothing against Michael Orozco, the player, and his his solid, spectacular career uh, as a defensive player. Um, but this season showed that age is creeping up to Michael Orozco as a player. Um, he probably is able to recover for some of, from some of these aggressive challenges that he missed out on in the past, but. Unfortunately, as you get older as an athlete, you get a step slower. Uh, you become a step slower. You become a little bit slower in your reactions uh, in what you're having. And I think we we saw that this season with Michael Orozco uh, making some of those challenges. I, I think we could probably count in more than you know one hand uh, challenges that you're sort of screaming at the TV while you're watching it, asking like, what are you thinking or what are you doing um, luckily we, he had Rob Kiernan to back him up and Rob Kiernan saved him probably 90 to 95% of the time that, uh, Michael Orozco, uh, made one of those bonehead, uh, tackle attempts or, or interception attempts. And probably to say Nathan Smith probably also was part of that, um, that backup there. But it's one of those, those moments where you're seeing now. He's a great player, uh, but is he able to adapt to his 
shortcomings athletically now, because as you get older again, your athleticism is going to drop a little bit. So is he able to adapt to that going forward is going to be a big question for him. Uh, I gave him a C for the season. Colin, your thoughts. Um, I thought Michael Orozco based on what we saw last year, uh, where he kind of carried the back line and did what Rob Kiernan did for him last year with, with Hume. Um, I thought this was probably one of the more disappointing performances from Orange County as far as a player is concerned. I felt he tried to get too far forward too often, which caught the team out. Um, he is he is offensive-minded, um, and maybe he stayed back because they needed that help, but I think he got caught out too often. I think he put him, himself and his teammates in bad positions from time to time and made some silly mistakes that could have easily led to goals and you know, when you're not scoring, if you give up goals, that's not great. Um, I, I was a little bit disappointed. I think there's still a player in there at a USL level for sure. I, I think that there's, you know, a starting center back in him. Uh, I just would hope that he played a little bit more um, within himself um, and knew when to go and when not to go. Um, I, I, yeah, I gave him, I gave him a C, C minus C. Um, I, I thought combo it was a little grade. Bit I love it. I love the combo grade. It's yeah. not a lot. You have to pick one. I'm sorry, Alan. Uh, for consistency's sake, I'll say C. Well, and okay. also because Dylan, you know, said before we gave our grades that here's another one we all agree on. All right. Well, anyway, I don't want to um, make him a liar. Thank you. Thank you. Pants on fire. I, I really have to agree with Alan Watt here. Um, we had trouble with Michael Orozco getting forward. Last year, um, Walker Hume was sent off in Colorado Springs because Michael Orozco went on a nice adventure and ended up um, marking Andre Rawls in the Colorado Six as he was clearing a ball upfield, um, forcing Walker Hume to shift over, clash of heads, Hume sees red, heads off the pitch, uh, and then, you know the ensuing mess the next week from that one. It's similar... I think it is an, an issue. He wants to get forward and he wants to get involved. And I think that's, that's great. And, and that passion is needed. Um, but looking at the people that play next to him and right in front of him in Aiden Quinn and Rob Kiernan means that he really doesn't have to. I think if we had a more offensive minded fullback or a fullback that um, could cross a little bit better in the case of when um, Danny Finlayson was playing, then maybe we see Michael Roscoe there. I think playing 15 matches in such a short span of time, the mental fatigue on top of the physical fatigue of being uh, 33 kind of piles up um, and constantly being asked to defend just because of how our games were going. But after watching him really drag Walker Hume up to an acceptable level in 2019, watching him not do the same thing um, and, and really drop off this year was a massive disappointment. So I had to give him a C. Um, yeah, we have one final player. And he played in every match that Orange County featured in this year. We talked a lot about him. We love him. We had him on the show. Alan's probably excited because we all are pretty sure this player's going home, which means... He won't be playing in Orange County anymore, maybe. 
that's all uh, speculation. But here's some facts. 16 matches played, 91.3% uh, passing accuracy, four goals, two assists, 26 interceptions. The complete player, Aiden Quinn. Alan, your thoughts on San Diego-born Aiden Quinn? Um, I think I would go on a limb and say Aiden Quinn was the team MVP this, for the for the season. I think um, for what he's asked to do, uh, he puts in shift after shift after shift, being that in between. Basically, Seth simply said, I want to be a box-to-box midfielder. I think Aiden Quinn is better at that. Um He's still his left foot is still magical. There's still sparkles in there that both bring me joy and agony at the same time. Uh, this year, um, I thought he was phenomenal at the beginning of the year, both offensively and defensively. Um, I mean, you you put this out over a course of a 32 game season. He's at eight goals and four assists from your essentially your defensive center defensive mid. Um, it, it's remarkable um, that Aiden Quinn is still uh, continuing uh, to play at a level that is, he would start on almost every team in the USL. Um, it's a joy to watch him play. Uh, and again, he's there when you need it. I think he had like one game uh, late that maybe wasn't his best game, but I think consistently uh, top perf- uh, high performer. I think he won man of the match twice. Uh, according to some fat mob stuff, um, I gave him an A. I, I think he was pretty a pretty consistent performer. I echo the sentiment. Um, I didn't feel the frustration because I'm not a San Diego fan, so I just felt pure elation and joy when he hit that just absolute freaking screamer uh, in San Diego. Um, Quinny is definitely one of my favorite players on this team, if not my favorite player at this point. Um, and just you can see like the good he does um, on the pitch, off the pitch as a member of this community is incredible. Um, obviously, I don't factor that into the grading at all, but I have to give him an A. Um, consistent, consistently extremely good. Ray, your thoughts on Aiden Quinn? Okay, um, and based off of what I'm seeing on our notes here on this, uh, please go nice on me, gentlemen. But uh, my grade isn't as amazing as the two of you gave. I-, I still think he had an amazing season. He's one of my favorite players on the team, and I will all forever love the moment that he roasted Allen on the podcast uh, for for Allen's talking trash. And and I, I love to see Alan is like turning the table and being very nice, you know, especially after Alan got a tour of the San Diego's of San Diego's new facility or new offices. They probably told Alan a on your orange County podcast, talk very nice about Aiden Quinn so that Aiden Quinn will love to come home to, to San Diego. So I, I see Alan's playing that game there and, and being really nice in his comments uh, about Aiden Quinn. Um, Aiden Quinn. I mean, he's a really, really, really amazing player out there. Uh, the only problem I had, and, and, and I know I'm going to get uh, a lot of people upset about this because I'm, I'm lowering Aiden's Quinn because of this, but I still to this day feel like he was out of position for what he can perform for this team or what he could do for this team. If he's put in the correct position, he has an even more spectacular season. And 
I'm giving him a, an awesome grade, uh, but he did not live up to the expectations that I had coming into the season based on the fact that he wasn't given the chance to, to, to shine. Uh, I, I hate that I'm giving him the grade because so that's this, not his fault. Then you're saying that you're grading him harshly based on something that was, out but of he control. did not perform to the level that I thought as far as stats and what I thought he could do out on the pitch. And again, he was put in bad position for that, but I'm going to give him the grade I give him. Um, so luckily it's not like a, a, a C minus or anything like that. It's not a, a, a failing grade. I'm torn. I really am torn, but it's going to be, I have, I, I had it written down. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to admit it. I had it written down as B plus, but I, I feel like it'd be better to go with an A minus because it's not 100% his fault. But I, again, I I feel like I expected more coming to the season out of Aiden Quinn. Um, I know that's very high expectations, but he is coming into 2020 as the top player on a contending team. The team didn't even make the playoffs and he did not perform to the level I expected. So I have to give him a little knock on that. Uh, so I'll, I'll give him an A minus instead of an A probably, uh, you know, just sort of all around. If you're not taking into consideration what was the expectations coming into the season, an A might be more appropriate, but because of those expectations, I've been grading all my stuff based off expectations and even talking about the team based off of what the expectations were coming into the season. So I have to go A minus. Well, that's it. That's the last player grade. Um, this was the least fun year to grade. Absolutely. Yes. What a definitely, definitely. Just, I, it's a, always more fun to grade when you make the playoffs. Well, it's also more fun to grade when the season doesn't, you know, when the world doesn't fall into a global pandemic that is uh, horrifically mismanaged, and then you know you just have some weird, like fifteen game season three months after it's four months after it starts. It's just a lot, a lot to take in, a lot to consider when grading. And, and let me say this props to the players, props to the coaching staff, props to the team, props to everyone involved for, um, you know, getting out there and, and playing the, the, the game for your fans. Um, I know uh, it's, everyone's going through difficulties through this time um, everyone's having, you know, uh, mental breakdowns or physical breakdowns or emotional craziness. Um, so I, I, I get it. And I know like in all my grades, it doesn't sound like I get it, but I know this is very, a, a very unique season and very unique scenario for everyone, including the players. Um, so uh, again, hopefully I, I'm, you, you don't think I'm being too harsh. I just, I I'm grading based on the expectations coming to the season. So I had to say that, but I appreciate them for going out there and um, working, doing their job, doing what they're they're paid to do um, day in and day out, like a lot of Americans are doing all over the place, including teachers, um, medical workers, and people just you know grocery store workers and you know all that stuff. It, it's I appreciate it all. So I want to say that uh, I'm thankful for that. I guess I should say that right. Thankful to all those people that are um, out there continuing to do what we need and what uh, you know for athletes part of it is it makes people happy to see their favorite teams play even if it's you know not the most essential thing in the world 
um, it still helps out mentally for people to be able to watch sports or watch TV shows or, or whatnot. So it's a big part of, of everyone's overall health. Um, Dylan, thanks for uh, managing the grades this season. Um, Sorry, everyone. That's why they weren't as good as usual. <laughs> no, nah, they were amazing. It was perfect. Uh, let's get into this because we are definitely over time. So let's get into some quick random thoughts. I'm going to go to you first, Dylan. Dylan, random thought. Uh, you really got to make sure you're sleeping enough. Um, I've not been doing that, so I'm calling myself out. But, you know, you got to stop doom scrolling on Twitter and stop feeding the trolls and stop feeding yourself garbage, um, both mentally and physically. You know, eat a vegetable every once in a while. Turn off Twitter. Delete the app. I don't know. Just take care of yourself. Um, it's going to be a, a difficult winter, I think, for a lot of people. Um, you know, want to see you around in 2021. Uh, at the, so take care of yourself. Thank you, Dylan. You say I've, I've been going to bed like at like 1230, 1 o'clock every every night for like the past two weeks, but it's not because I'm like on Twitter. I just can't fall asleep right now. And so I just binge watch like I've been binge watching Impractical Jokers uh, for the past like month, like watching two or three episodes a day. So, uh, Alan, let's go to you. What is your what is your random thought for this episode? Uh, stay home, please. Um, I know you want to itch to find and visit family, uh, but with things getting worse out there, um, please make sure you're taking care of yourself and then not putting yourself or your loved ones in danger. Um, and uh, so hopefully we can get together when all this is over and celebrate uh, being able to see each other again. Uh, so hopefully those of you out there um, make good choices, I guess. Um, but uh, I know we're doing some digital Thanksgivings this week. Uh, so uh, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, if you're listening to this before Thanksgiving, if it's after Thanksgiving, hopefully it was a pleasant Thanksgiving. Uh, thanks for watching, listening. And uh, yes, please echo Dylan, take care of yourself, but make sure you're also uh, making good choices to take care of others as well. Thank you, Mr. Alan Underwood. Um, my random thought, I'm just going to go completely fun here. And I'm just to say, uh, it's fun to be top of the table in England, and um, hopefully it lasts a lot longer. Uh, come on, you Spurs, Tottenham, top of the table in the Premier League. Uh, Alan, you you yawn, but you know you just, wish your Liverpool everyone up there. Everyone go to bed. Just turning the podcast <laughs> off. It's over. <laughs> but uh, no, I want to wish everyone a, a wonderful Thanksgiving. If you're listening to this prior to that, if you're listening afterwards, hope you had a great and safe Thanksgiving. Um, uh, Myself, I'm sure Dylan Allen will agree. We're all thankful for anyone that uh, chooses to listen to us to hear our views on not just Orange County Soccer Club, but soccer and other things when they come into play. Um, we appreciate it. That's the reason why we continue to do this is, A, we love to just talk about this and we, we enjoy each other's company, but we also um, want to continue to spread the love of Orange County to everyone that is willing to listen to our voices each and every week, which... Apparently some of you do because we do get listeners, which is awesome. Um, and, I, you know, I'm noticing Alan's face. He hasn't really gone to look at his phone to get any, like, um, script ready. Or does he have it all prepared already in his head? I, based on his look, he wasn't ready for it. So he like, oh, oh, he was ready oh. for it. Oh, Whoa. wow. Okay. So he just we dunked can... on you. He dunked on me. I, I doubt. You love Alan. basketball. Even if it was a five-foot rim, Alan could not dunk on me. 
Um, uh, thanks to our sponsor, Roughnecks Scarves. Uh, the official scarf supplier to the MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get your custom scarves for your group or just email at roughneckscarves.com. I mean, uh, sorry, That's I'm roughneckscarves.com if you didn't hear Alan's <laughs> Thanks to our sponsor, like Roughneck Scarves. He's like falling asleep on his read. It, it's official it's scarf supplier to the MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get your custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Are you tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from tight? Dylan is. Nike and Adidas. I just combined them into Tiditas. Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team, Icarus FC can help you with the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. Thank you so much, Alan. Dylan, uh, for, for those two gentlemen, I'm Ray. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Yes, We have one more episode coming up for 2020, so make sure you come and check it out. Um, it'll be next week. We're working on uh, not one, uh, but two, possibly three guests to join us for that episode if we can make that work um thanks to all our listeners uh, that have listened since day one if you want to go check our website ocsepodcast.com to find more information on episodes articles and whatnot this is the orange and black soccer cast and we are out